The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Epictetus's The Enchiridion, the handbook, chapter 33. And it's, a, it's not the entire chapter, it's a few excerpts. For the most part, keep silent, or say only what is required in few words. On rare occasions, when circumstances call for it, we will speak, but not about ordinary things, not about gladiators, nor horse racing, nor about athletes, nor about food and drink, which are the usual topics, and especially do not talk about people blaming or praising or comparing them. If at all possible, turn the conversation of the company by what you say to more suitable topics, and if you happen to be alone amidst strangers, keep silent. In conversations, avoid talking at great length or excessively about your own affairs and adventures. However pleasant it may be for you to talk about the risks you have run, it is not equally pleasant for other people to hear about your adventures. Okay, so I have a, uh, not daily, uh, four times a week, Rambam Bacchus uh, Shir, where we go through, uh, we read and discuss and analyze the Rambam, sometimes more Bacchus uh, in a broad fashion, sometimes more Yun in depth. And over the last couple of weeks, we we learned the Rambam's treatment of silence, of the topic of silence in Hilfos Deos and the laws of character traits. And uh, we went pretty in-depth on that. So if you are looking for an in-depth analysis of the Rambam's views on, on speech and silence, uh, I'll, I'll link the uh, episodes below. However, the first place where the Rambam talks about this topic is in his commentary on Pirkei Avos 117 uh, on the Mishnah, which says, according to the Rambam's version, uh, I think this is the Rambam's version. Actually, I'm not sure. He says, um, Shimon Beno Omer, Shimon, uh, the son of Rambam Gamliel, says, Kol yamai godalti bein hachachamim v'lo matasi laguf tov elashtika. Uh, all my days I've been raised among the sages, and I've found nothing better for the body than silence. And expounding is not the essence, uh, rather action is. And the more a person speaks, the more he brings upon himself sin. So here the Ramam has a little treatise on silence. And rather than going in depth on this, I'd like to just read it and then make a broad observation about the Rambam's presentation of the topic and then Epictetus's. So this is a lengthy excerpt, uh, but I think it's valuable. So... Uh, ironically, it's a lengthy excerpt because the Rambam just said you shouldn't go on uh, <laughs> at length. Okay, but I guess he has a lot of ideas here. So the Rambam says, and this is my translation of his commentary on Avos 117. The wise man has said, in a multitude of words, error will not be lacking. That's from Mishlei 1019. The reason for this is that a multitude of words contains words that are superfluous and sinful, as I shall presently explain. When a person increases words, he will surely err, since it is impossible that there would not be among his words a word that is improper to utter. Of the signs of the wise is the minimization of words. As the sages said, a fence for wisdom is silence. And one of the signs of a fool is a multitude of words, as it is stated, and a fool's voice is in the multitude of words. Kohelis 5.2. The sages have said that minimization of words brings honor to one's family and shows that the person has yichus, lineage. As the sages said, mi yichusta shtikusa, from silence is lineage. Okay, now the Ramam is going to go on and present two methods, or I guess two classification schemes which person can use to moderate uh, or mediate, whatever the word would be, his uh, his own speech. Uh, so the first one is from a book that he refers to as Sefer Hamidos, which might be the book Mivchar Hapnim. I haven't actually checked it out, um, but he says like this. It was said in the Sefer Hamidos that one of the wise men was seen to be especially silent to the extent that he only spoke very little. They said to him, why are you so quiet? 
He said, I have examined speech and found it to be divided into four categories. The first category is speech which is entirely harmful without any benefit, such as cursing people and inappropriate language and things like that. Speech of this kind is complete folly. The second category is speech which is harmful in one aspect and beneficial in another, such as praising a person in order to obtain a benefit from him, but that praise antagonizes his enemy and harms the one who is praised. Therefore, a person should refrain from this on account of this, and he shouldn't speak in this category of speech. The third category is speech which has neither benefit nor harm, such as the majority of people's conversations, how the city wall was built, and how so-and-so's palace was built, and a description of the beauty of so-and-so's house, and the abundance of such-and-such -such country's produce, and other things like that, which are superfluous. The wise man said that even, in th that even this category is superfluous and has no benefit. The fourth category is comprised of statements which are entirely beneficial, such as speech about knowledge and virtues, and a person's speech about matters which pertain to the maintenance of his life and the preservation of his existence. In this category alone, it is proper to speak. The wise man said, anytime I hear something, I examine it. If I found it to be in this fourth category, I spoke about it. But if it was in the others, I was silent from it. The masters of ethics said, behold, behold this man in his wisdom, that he has omitted three-fourths of statements. This is a wondrous wisdom which is proper to emulate. So just to summarize here, so the, the, the Sefer Amidos guy divides speech into four categories based on benefit. There's speech which is entirely harmful. There's speech which is harmful in one way, beneficial in another way. Then there's speech which is, uh, which is you know, neither beneficial nor harmful. Uh, and then there's speech which is entirely beneficial. And he basically omitted the first three categories and only spoke in the fourth. But now the Raman presents his own, his own classification scheme. He says, but I say that speech should be divided according to the obligation of our Torah into five categories. Command, one, commanded, two, prohibited, three, objectionable, four, desirable, and five, permissible. The first category is commanded, namely studying Torah, teaching it, and analyzing its explanation. This is a positive commandment with which we were commanded as it is stated and you shall speak of them. And it is a mitzvah like any other. So much has already been stated urging us to learn Torah that this treatise cannot contain even a part of it. The second category is speech which is prohibited and which we are cautioned against, such as false testimony, lying, gossip, tale-bearing, and blasphemy. And there are many verses in the Torah which refer to this category. Included in this is Lashon Hara and Nivel Peh. Nivel Peh is uh, inappropriate speech. The third category is objectionable speech, which is speech that has no benefit for the person himself, neither in relation to obedience nor to rebellion, such as the majority of conversations of the masses, what happened, what was, and how such and such a king behaves in his palace, and what caused the death of so-and-so or the wealth of so-and-so. The sages call this sicha batela, idle chatter. Those who are, were, are pious would strive exceedingly to distance themselves from these statements. It is said of Rav, the student of Rebbechia, that he never engaged in Sikha Batela in his life. Similarly included in this category is when a person disparages a virtue or praises a vice, whether moral or intellectual. The fourth category is desirable speech, namely speaking in praise of intellectual and moral virtues or disparaging vices in these same two categories and arousing the soul in these ways with sayings and songs and distancing the soul from them through these same means. Similarly, praising the wise and telling of the greatness of their virtues in order to make their conduct beloved in people's eyes so that they follow in their ways and degrading the wicked and their vices in order to make their actions and their memory despicable in people's eyes so that they avoid them and don't follow in their ways. This category, meaning to say learning the noble attributes and removing from the base attributes, would be termed derech eretz. The fifth category is permissible, which is speech that pertains to a person's business, livelihood, food, drink, clothing, and his other needs. This is permissible in that it is neither desirable nor objectionable. Rather, if a person desires, he may speak of this as much as he wants, and if he desires, he may be silent from it. Okay, now just to summarize again, we've got Commanded, prohibited, objectionable, desirable, and permissible. And now the Ramam concludes, it is this regarding this category, this fifth category of, of permissible speech, that minimization of a person's speech is preferable. 
The books of Musser caution us against excess in this type of speech. But regarding prohibited and objectionable speech, there's no need to say or command us, for it is appropriate to be entirely silent from it. And regarding commanded and desirable speech, if a person could speak about it all the days of his life, that would be ideal. Okay. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about there are some con two conditions about speaking in the commanded and desirable speech, but I don't want to get too far afield. Um, and again, if you want an in-depth analysis of that Ramam that I just read, then check out the Ramam Bacuse uh, episodes that I'll link in the show notes. So I just wanted to compare the three classification schemes. Okay, you, On the one hand, you have Epictetus, who basically gives a few guidelines uh, about uh, when you should and shouldn't speak and, uh, and what types of speech you should uh, refrain from or speak about. Uh, so that's Epictetus. Then you have the Sefer Hamidos, which classifies speech into four comprehensive categories uh, based on benefit and harm, uh, uh, entirely harmful, beneficial and harmful, um, neither beneficial nor harmful, and entirely beneficial. And he says you should only speak the beneficial category. And you have the Rambam, who classifies it into five categories based on the Torah's obligations, commanded, prohibited, uh, objectionable, desirable, and permissible. And... Uh, and then the Ramam says that when you know all these statements from Chazal about minimizing speech really should be said, uh, really apply to the, the category of the permissible. Because if it's a commandment or if it's praiseworthy, then then certainly you should do it. You don't need to be told to speak that way. And if it's if it's prohibited or uh, or objectionable, then you shouldn't um, you shouldn't speak in it at all. Okay. So again, broad observation here. Um, I find that this. The, this difference in the treatment of topics, oh, sorry, the, in, in, in the treatments of the same topic really shows one of the advantages of Judaism's approach to human perfection and to character development, namely the fact that we, in, that we, we have clear-cut categories of legal obligations, which kind of fence us in to, uh, you know, or which, which, which bind us to good behaviors and 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 keep us away through legal mechanisms from harmful behaviors, and then you have the realm of ethics, which takes us beyond that. You know, which is in Pirkei Avos, Lifnimi uh, beyond the letter of the law. Whereas with Epictetus, even though he calls it a handbook, you know, it's a different relationship to to decision making and ethics when everything becomes a decision, you know? And I uh, apparently, I, I just started reading this chapter in The Lives of the Stoics uh, by Ryan Holiday, which is about um, uh, different Stoic philosophers. And apparently this was a dispute among the Stoics, which is how, how to, to what extent, or, or is it good at all to formulate Stoic principles into rules of behavior, into like an actual system of rules? And and, uh, you know, and there were people who were, there were Stoics who were completely opposed to this because it made everything too regimented. And I think that that's a little short-sighted. I mean, especially if you're talking, you know, even on an individual level, I, I think that, uh, that people who have had uh, experience, you know, let's say going on a diet or exercising, um, that they would argue or, you know, they, they would admit that. Uh, it is a lot easier to stick to a regimen when you make it into rules. And yeah, then you have other areas which are which have to be made on a on a decision by decision basis. But if you make something into a rule or you know into a set of rules or or a regimen, it's just much easier to stick to it. Um, and certainly, if you're doing this on a national level, I mean, I uh, you know Rabbi Chait has said on numerous occasions that you know you had these great. Uh, Greek philosophers like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, 
and uh, and you look at Greece now, and there's no trace of it. You know, there's no trace of those values. So how how can it be that you had these human beings who who reached such a high level of uh, of human perfection, uh, and then uh, and it didn't last? So. I mean, I'm sure there's many answers to this, but Rabbi Chait's answer, or answer he gave on one shear, is they didn't have a system. They didn't have a system of Torah and mitzvos that really was made to last and was made to perpetuate these behaviors and these ways of life um, throughout the ages, uh, from generation to generation. And that really is something that, um, and you can see, you know, when, when you have individual, when when each thing, when when each aspect of human perfection is totally up to the individual to implement on their own, and there's no greater system to obligate uh, to obligate them in that uh, and to, to bind them to it in a uh, in a legal way, so then um, then it's very easy for all of that perfection to just die with that person. But with Torah, we are all committed to a uh, a system that that uniformly applies to all of us and that keeps these positive behaviors going in the nation in some capacity and then prevents us from slipping into these negative behaviors. Um, so uh, I think that, that again, I, I know we are talking here about something that's beyond the letter of the law. The Ramam is talking about, is commenting on Pirkei Avos, which is beyond the letter of the law. But I think the very fact that he categorizes it based on the Torah's categories of obligation um, just shows, it just highlights the advantage that we have as a result of the, of the Torah system. Uh, which the you know which which the Stoics were uh, were not privy to, and uh, and therefore they had to make everything on an individual case by case decision uh, uh, basis. Uh, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to the, my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbishnewis. Link is in the description. And as I've been mentioning and will continue to mention, uh, it is uh, fairly critical for the the longevity and continued existence of these podcasts and this content for me to either uh, earn enough money through Patreon so that I don't have to uh, fill up the Lomdeha time with uh, tutoring uh, or uh, give up making this content. Uh, and that will be, that will be determined by, uh, by, by your contributions. Uh, and we'll see over the summer and we'll see what happens. And, uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, thank you for my li- to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.